0: 7th 2019 and it's the relevant podcast happy national donut day everyone yeah uh i'm your host cameron strang here with me in our orlando studios on the ones and twos our illustrious engineer my brother chandler strang
1: hello on the skype line from loverland virginia jesse carey Hello, hello, and I usually don't work on National Donut Day. It's usually a holiday that I reserve, that I observe with religious fervor. But we needed to record today, so I'm here.
0: <laughs> You're breaking your own Sabbath. Uh, uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody! And once again, Annie F. Downs is traversing the globe and unable to join us, so we get the privilege of her seat being filled by our friend, author, uh, podcaster.
2: Jamie Ivy. hi guys thanks for having me back uh you are on vacation huh I am on vacation this is the kind of vacation where my husband and I are working and so we brought our four kids with us and they think it's like our family vacation which is awesome
0: <laughs> I I know the location that you have chosen to tell your children is your summer vacation <laughs>
3: why don't you tell our
0: listeners where <laughs> the exotic locale where you have taken your family
2: Okay, well, first, I need to say this. I'm going to tell you where it is. Okay. And this place is cooler than you think. Have y'all been here?
0: I have. I've passed through it I driving from have been Tulsa yeah, to Florida. I've, been, yeah. I've, I've seen it. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, you need to stop next time because hey, it is I did. cool. I went,
0: to, I went to a Arkansas football game in this exotic location okay. where you are. Right. We're let's, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And yeah, in fact,
2: the, the Airbnb that we're in right now from my back porch, this is totally a tailgate party house from my back porch <laughs> is the stadium. I could walk to gate 10 right now if I wanted to get into the game. So yeah. we're in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Aaron and I are doing some stuff tonight and tomorrow night. And so the kids are here.
1: I love it. I, I have a couple of questions that first <laughs> I do. You typically like me try to avoid working on high holy days. Like <laughs> like national Donut Day? about that?
2: <laughs> well, when my kids get up, I might become mom of the year and tell them it's National Donut Day and go get them donuts. But you know, I'll do. I'll work any day for you guys.
1: I uh, the other the other question I have is, what is. What is the big appeal? I, yeah, as, before we got on, I said, oh, of course, I know Fayetteville. It is the Riviera of northern Arkansas, even though I have no idea its proximity to any body of water. <laughs> what is the coolest thing to do in the city of Fayetteville for, for future vacationers?
2: OK, well, what you need to know is northwest Arkansas is like this line of four cities. So okay. you can just hop from one to the other. You know, Walmart is here. The Walmarts started here in... Was
0: that part of the... appeal? Wait, is Bentonville Fayetteville? I thought Bentonville was just some random small town in the middle of nowhere.
2: It So they call this whole area Northwest Arkansas. And okay. there's Fayetteville, Bentonville, Springdale, Rogers. And you just get on the interstate and go from one to the other. So yesterday we went to this museum, modern art museum, that the Walmarts... Do y'all call it the Walmarts? The Walmart put together and I made my kids feel cultured at a museum. It was yeah. really great. When I
0: think cool. of progressive modern art. I do think... I wonder what the Walton family likes. Go right, right to Walmart. Uh, can I yeah. ask a
4: question, JV? I, I think I know the answer, but I do want to I want to hear it from you first, because you have a very interesting situation with your earbuds going on right now. You, you've jerry-rigged, you've jerry-rigged a, a contraption, and I'll try to describe it theater for our mind. listeners. Theater, theater of the theater mind. Of the mind a, a little, no, I know no, it's a little I, difficult. I, I
1: know the perfect way to describe it. I know the perfect way to describe it, because I... But... Imagine like a hip hop shoestring beard but white like Santa's beard. Like that yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good yeah. way to
4: <laughs> Yeah, you've 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 sort of you've drawn it's on a little line across your jawline and this could be this could be a, a new fashion thing that I am not aware of. This could be like a, a style like a, a trend popping up on the blogs but I'm just kidding. I think I know why, but I want to hear you explain. Yeah, it because first. it
1: looks like you look like a place kicker from the 1980s who has the single bar. Hey, listen, but the can helmet. you hear
2: me well when I have my microphone like this? Beautifully.
1: Yeah, no, that's, beautiful. Well, that's what yes. I was going to say.
4: Is it to get your microphone closer to your mouth?
2: Yes, it is. And so my my friends make fun of me because before the, you know, the little ear pod things, this is how I would walk around town talking on my microphone. And it's just, it never moves. It's a consistent sound. I don't have to worry about it going anywhere. Hey, I did this for you guys. (laughs)
4: I appreciate it. Uh, that's, that's a crystal, good life hack. Crystal clear. you, you I, were coming studio through quality, studio <laughs> yeah. quality yeah. with
1: that life yeah. hack.
4: We've we've all the got only, these fancy mics over here, and you have you have, have sort of like MacGyvered this situation together.
1: And I, I think you've you've outsmarted all of us. You're living in 2025 right now, James. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when you're
2: not in your studio and you're in an Airbnb in Fayetteville, Arkansas, this is the microphone you go for. So like I heard
1: room. that I heard that the top. I'm on the tourism site for the Fayetteville area right now. And I have the top three attractions. You know, you know, you
0: know what? The, the, the most impressive thing it says there on the Fayetteville website, we now have internet.
1: So, <laughs> so here's, here's what I got on the tourism. You can go on a tour of the Walmart campus. That's the main attraction. Uh, uh, you know, which hey, can I tell
2: you something about Walmart right now?
1: Yeah, please do.
2: Frank, Frank, my Uber driver last night told yeah. me that if you are a shareholder in Walmart. Like you work for Walmart and you're a shareholder. I don't know how often they do that, but these three days they brought you in. These are people from 23 countries. We saw them at the museum yesterday. They paid for your travel, your food. He even told me they'll pay for your beer. They paid for everything. And you get to come to the shareholder meeting. I think it's today. So
0: look at that, Walmart. What are you doing talking to us? Number two on the Fayetteville Tourism website. (laughs) We now have
1: Uber. So, <laughs> <laughs> and number 3, this is they opened one of those KFC Taco Bell Pizza Hut's. Three restaurants, one location, oh, 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 one yeah. drive-through. It's, it's 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 quite I mean, a lot of people, it's a big picture. It's a big it's a scenic area. It's a, there's a scenic overlook overlooking this establishment yeah. where hey, you can get
2: but it. i'm gonna speak up for everyone that lives up here <laughs> is that it is changing a lot and we went to a phenomenal restaurant the other night called the preacher's son and it's in an old church it was so cool oh, so, so there you christian.
1: go oh it's a yeah. christian restaurant they actually so. I, a lot of people don't know that they actually don't know this too uh the country's last Bennigans, the one the health department forgot about in Fayetteville. it's very uh, <laughs> the
0: last
1: uh, Bennigans. oh <laughs> wow. Wait, that, are, are
0: you making that up
1: Yes, I have no idea how many Benegans. <laughs> I hope are. it's true, but man. but I've never been back to a Benegans ever since. One time, uh, it was Kara Davis, uh, a former uh, old OG podcaster, will remember. She told me she saw she was at a Bennegan's and it was really going downhill, and that someone changed a baby's diaper on the table, and that's when she decided, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, and her are done. That's a deal breaker. Uh, uh, oh, no. And that's when I decided
0: I'm done with Benegans. I have incredibly fond memories of Bennegan's Like so it was, I. it was my go to college college restaurant, you yeah. know, like I would, spl- that was my splurge meal. You yeah. know, I, get I a loved Monte Cristo. It.
4: I think they do Just a college probably, yeah. deal, didn't they? Like you told me you were a college student, they'd give you like
0: a little cut. A little like discount. I always got I'm one of these guys that once I have a restaurant, I have one
1: meal. I just get the same thing every time uh-huh. I got their sure, chicken quesadillas sure. every time. It was fantastic. I love their chicken quesadillas. I, see, I, I have a fascination with any restaurant that just has random chashkis just all over the walls. Yeah. And that's <laughs> why I have a fondness for places like Rockers and Benigans <laughs> where there's like a random picture of like a rowing team from the 1940s. <laughs> there's like a fly fishing pole, some skis, like you a, know, just like Americana I don't kitsch. really know what the theme yes. was Yeah, an electric guitar signed by Buddy Guy. It's like, (laughs) I have no idea. There's no cohesion to the theme of just like, let's just find a bunch of random stuff and jam it in every inch of the wall. I liked... It's like, I like they when that was 25 other restaurants
4: that, that had very like, definitive themes, and they just took them all and put, and 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 put they a took, selection and they on the wall. And they took the, the
1: memorabilia yeah. that would never be missed, you know, <laughs> and just jammed it on the walls. I, I appreciate that. There you go. Well, we yeah. have a great
0: show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, Hillsong Young and Freeze, Aiden King joins us. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's what my notes say, and I need to ask you, Jesse, you wrote this note and I want to ask you about it after I read it. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Anne King joins us to discuss their new world tour, their collaboration with Andy Minio, and the tension between entertainment and worship. Now, my question to you is Jesse. Yes. Was it their collaboration with Andy Minio that created a tension between entertainment and worship? Are you, uh, is this a scoop? What
1: I did is, uh, they're beefing right now. That's what they collaborated. <laughs> no, no. I, no, here's why, here's why that, that note is there. Because I, I, I have sort of a fascination with Hillsong Young and Free. For a little context, like, they are, you know, one of the Hillsong bands. It's not Hillsong Worship. It's not Hillsong United. But they do sort of like, they're, I was listening to it last night and Dane was like, you know, they kind of sound like chain smokers. You know, they, they, they are, have like kind of a pop EDM sound. And, but they write like <laughs> church music. They write w- worship music. So it's it's always fascinated me to an extent of like what their approach is. Are they trying to create like, you know, these EDM kind of party atmospheres or are they trying to create worship or do they even see a tension between the two? and so that's kind of where the conversation went and they were totally game to talk about that because I feel like that's kind of an interesting tension there you know it's not like like a lot of worship acts are a guy or a girl with an acoustic guitar or someone sitting at a piano there's not a whole lot that's DJ based and so they you know Aiden was, was game to talk about it so
4: in my in my mind I really I know what you meant but I really wish when Dana said they sound like chain smokers she meant literal shit like Tom Waits on the that's what she okay, meant I wanted
1: to clarify, that's that was the right actual thing. It's gonna be all right. She's like, no, that, that guy need to needs a, to get. It. They need to. They
4: need to quit. I like, will say this: there's, there's a- studies out
1: there that shorten their life. Yeah, well, now it's. I don't want to malign. I don't want to get him in trouble the because people, he's involved with in ministry. It. There, he had a tracheotomy recently, oh, but it's oh, powering no. through this world tour, and oh, that's my. why. Uh, that's I'll, why he sounds. I will say this: the tracheotomy was caused because he had a. He was a chain smoker. He had. A, he was addicted. <laughs> and, yeah.
0: <laughs> really <laughs> tore up. So you're gonna to talk to him about the tension between worship and chain smoking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is, and, it is it possible to do both at the same yeah, time? And, he's just and, on stage and, leading
1: worship. And I just want to say we've had a great relationship with Hillsong all these years. But, <laughs> Bridge, I've officially earned it. Thank you for all the... Thank you for the cover of the magazine. It's like but, now
0: it's like in memoriam. Relevance relationship with Hillsong. 2003 <laughs> to 2019. Soft It was focus. going great yeah. until
1: you said that the leader of the, the band that has the most influence with young people in America is addicted to cigarettes and just had a tracheotomy. I mean, I'm sorry, Hillsong. <laughs> (laughs)
0: I'm sorry. But I'm not sorry. All right. Well, uh, moving the show along, stay tuned up next. It's the hot list. listening to Tycho, the song is Pink and Blue, featuring St. Sinner. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Claro with Bax. Well, today's episode is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries, a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. I got to be honest, talking about Even thinking about health insurance is not something I like to do. It can be confusing. There's lots of jargon. It's expensive. Plus, I never feel like I know what's actually going to take care of when something's gone wrong. That's why I feel Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare option people should consider. First of all, it's not insurance. It's Christians sending financial gifts to each other when there's a medical need. Plus, caring for one another spiritually through prayer and encouragement. Also, I love that being part of a ministry like this really frees a person up to focus on what they're most interested in, just living their best life. Christians are able to do that with Samaritan Ministries because they know that when there's an illness or injury, uh, Samaritan members have their backs. If you'd like to learn more about how you can be part of this ministry, helping each other with health care, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. I like them. Good model. Disruptive. Okay, it's time for... Oh, going with the brief <laughs> one this
1: <Definitely>. Yeah, <laughs> change it up a little bit. Right. Interesting. It's yeah, very, really very casual. The yacht rock. The yacht. yacht <laughs> yeah.
0: Just you know, it's National Donut Day. We're laying yeah. back, mm-hmm. have a couple, mm-hmm. couple of just couple en- of nuts. You know, just en- <laughs> enjoying <laughs> the wonder of Fayetteville. Just uh, uh, it's yeah. so beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do like the view out of your window there, Jamie. Yeah, it's, I, I, really I do. It 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 I'm a Razorback green.
2: fan over here.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the beautiful view of a large, imposing structure towering <laughs> over us. With, uh, can you imagine being there trying to relax at that Airbnb if there
1: was a game going on and you didn't know it? You know,
0: like oh, was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be
2: the worst.
1: <laughs> Jamie, I have I have a long running uh, aversion to Arkansas sports because like the Razorbacks? I were what time
2: the Razorbacks, Arkansas. The,
1: those, those, okay, to...
2: Arkansas. <laughs> no, no, that's all they yeah. have.
1: Is this the only? No, they, they, I, I, I told the story when Brady Toops was on the pod because he played baseball at Arkansas. He's on the baseball team there. I don't Which, know. You Which know.
2: today there's a super regional game here, so it's about to go, it's about to get crazy yeah, up they here in here.
1: They're always good in baseball, yeah. They're yeah. always good. And I worked, I, I worked at the baseball stadium at my college, or Roberts University, just that not too far down the road there in Tulsa, and my job job was to take tickets at the beginning of the game and then hang out till after the game and clean up everyone's mess. And When Arkansas came to town like twice a year, it was the worst. They, not only is their mascot a pig, those people (laughs) act like pigs when they're at a visiting stadium. It was very rude. Hot dog wrappers. I said, I said this to Brady, spicy big bites from hot dog has to be from 7-Eleven has to be the state food because everyone just brought (laughs) one into the stadium. If we don't, as if we don't have concession rules, they disregarded our rules, disrespected my campus and caused me to clean. Up a lot of disgusting stuff in my college year, so Razorback fans, I wish you the opposite of luck today. I've never, <laughs> Jesse, I've never told you this. I but
0: uh, my junior year, uh, ORU's basketball team was playing Arkansas's basketball team. Yeah, so uh, Arkansas had a couple of future NBA guys; they're huge SEC, you know. But ORU, being a tiny conference, we had a really good coach, Bill Self. He's now the coach at Kansas, one of the most yeah. famous coaches in the country right now. He was our coach at ORU, and yeah. we were. We were really good for a small school, right? So we're playing in Arkansas at Arkansas's massive stadium, you know, 20,000 fans there. And I travel out to the game, me and a couple friends, and I'm wearing an ORU t-shirt, but I have a button down shirt over it, you know, just because yeah. I don't want to, I'm that guy that I, I don't know. I'm just going to pick my spots with my trash talk. I don't want to, you know, we don't overdo it. So we're there. I'm, 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 uh, you know, close to the court. I got down close to the court and sure enough, late in the game, it looks like ORU is going to win, right? And yeah. the place is just dead silent. I mean, this entire arena, you can hear a pin drop. And I stand up, unbutton my button-down shirt, and turn around <laughs> with my arms extended, looking at the crowd, like, what do you got now, Arkansas? <laughs> right? Literally six beers were thrown at me and tumbled me <laughs> with, with beer. And like I had to drive yeah. home those two hours soaked in beer. Well, so I'll say this. That
1: is actually a, a a sign of endearment in Arkansas. They greet each other by just throwing warm natty lights on each other. Hello, welcome, to, welcome to Arkansas. And you just get splashed with a Miller High Life. Now, I I actually caused an incident one time at an Arkansas ORU basketball game. I had decided that I would stay at school for Thanksgiving that year. I can't remember why. And, uh, like, no one does that. You just sit like alone. Like you were going to study
2: extra for finals or something? No. <laughs> yeah,
1: a grand ambitions, you know? And so, but that night, they were, you know, everyone had left campus, and I, they, Arkansas was playing... the. Uh, yeah, At ORU, a basketball game. And I was like, oh, this is a great game. So I walked over to the campus, and usually the student section there would have like, you know, a 100 students cheering. But it was Thanksgiving break for there's like eight of us, right? <laughs> and so we have the whole student section to ourselves. Again, ORU pulls out an improbable victory. And I look down at my students in the student section. I'm like, if they win, we have to rush the court. Like, we have to rush the court. Oh, no. Now, let me say this. On a normal night, when hundreds of students pour onto the court yeah. after a big victory, yeah. it's like this like celebratory thing. Yeah. When five guys <laughs> run onto the court after a game, it's a security situation. <laughs> like, what are they doing? Who are these guys? This isn't part of a mass rushing. There's just five randos on the court. Get them out of here. Like The Arkansas players were looking at us like, something bad just happened. Why are these guys on the court? And it, we got a stern talking to So, never rush the court if it's only like five of you, because they think, they think something is bad is happening. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's funny. Okay,
0: uh, it's time for the hot list. Coming in yeah. at number five this week, uh, Mike Huckabee, uh, <laughs> Tyler's dad. Tyler, uh, you're dad, right? yeah, Mike- the, Keep it in the family. relevant <laughs> podcast. Mike Huckabee performed with corn guitar player Brian Head Welch on Huckabee's TBN show. The former yes. pastor and politician <laughs> invited the hard rock guitarist onto a show to talk about his new book and his conversion to Christianity. But before the end of the show, Huckabee awkwardly reminded him, you know, years ago, uh, that years ago, he had asked him if they could perform together. Well, uh, Mike Huckabee, you know, famously plays the bass guitar. Uh, it was as weird as you'd expect, and we have a clip here. It is, Brian. I got to tell our audience. Something. <laughs> I love how they edit it. But yeah. about five and a half, six years ago, you and I first met. Yeah, it. yeah. The edit is so wild. I interviewed you, and I said then, <laughs> "Hey, we got to do music together sometime." Like, it's, Remember it's that? So yeah. ominous
1: Look at his face, Chandler. And you said you would do it.
4: Yeah. You'll still do it, right?
0: Yes. Okay, okay. I realize that when the two of us are on stage together, it may not look like that we actually
1: blend. It's so weird.
0: But we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, we do.
1: So when they cut over to him where he says, years ago, you said you would play with me. And like it's like this, like delay, and and Brian Welch's eyes like move from side to side, like, <laughs> like oh, I'm no, side. we're this doing up. this, aren't we? And he's like, yes.
4: <laughs> and you can sort of see Brian Welch like just going over it very briefly like the list of decisions that brought him to this point. Like,
5: like how long ago did it start?
4: Like what was the first little tip of the of the avalanche that led me to where I'm at right now? Uh, one of them was committing his life to Christ. Very happy about that, obviously, but that. Maybe it was the last good decision prior of all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll say this. TBN has come a long way since like know, since since we, you know, they've changed hands. So I mean, yeah, they've come a long a way to. Mike Huckabee, all the way from Jan Crouch to Mike Huckabee. Yeah, I will say this. No one was wearing like a purple robe or sitting on a throne. So that was good, but it was still weird. It was still weird. It was still weird. Just a different time.
0: Coming in number four this week on the hot list, Wendy's launched a very cool social media campaign this week to support adoption. The fast food chain, who's now known for their hilariously combative social media presence, has unveiled a new initiative that merges technology and activism. As part of their partnership with the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, Wendy's Snapchat campaign facilitates easy donations to the pro-adoption organization. All people have to do is scan a snap code on a Wendy's cup, and the company will donate 5 bucks to the Dave Thomas Foundation, an organization founded by the late Wendy's founder and adoptee, Dave Thomas, that helps make adoption easier for foster care children with special needs or in sibling situations. Uh, Wendy's will donate in $5 increments up to $500,000. Uh, the money is going to go towards efforts to bring the foundation's programming to all 50 us States. The Dave Thomas foundation works with full-time one-on-one caseworkers to seek out the right family situation for unadopted kids. They target demographics with difficult adoption histories and work with professionals focused on using personal relationships with children and families to find the right situation for everyone. Wendy's founder, Dave Thomas, was an advocate for adoption for most of his life. He founded his Foundation for Adoption in 1992 under the stated mission to dramatically increase the number of adoptions of children waiting in North America's foster care systems. Very cool.
4: That, that is very cool, cool. Yeah, yeah yeah I like it I dig it
2: I like it except I don't remember the last time I ever ate at Wendy's and I don't have Snapchat so I'm out <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wendy, Wendy's has delicious salads salad oh, options okay. that I, I like to get yeah.
2: I don't even know where I would find a Wendy's like I, I feel bad You're, you're
1: wow. in Fayetteville and I read this on the tourism. More Wendy's <laughs> per capita than anywhere in the world at Wendy's. It's the, it's, yeah. it's, I it love it. More yeah. than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The two left that yeah, it makes me feel like less terrible about my decision to eat Wendy's so frequently. It's like, Oh, well, they'll make another donation for me. I'm doing, That's I'm right. doing, I'm doing a good thing here by eating this, uh, you know, cubed or this square cheeseburger. Like I'm I'm doing something good for the world. So coming in at number three this week on the hot list,
0: our guest coming up later, Hillsong Young and Free released a new song this week with Andy Minio.
1: You know, there's a tension there yeah. between entertainment yeah. and worship They're, they buried uh, the hatchet for the length of one song you know and yeah. a lot <laughs> a lot of people you know a lot of people a lot of people don't know this but like nicotine makes people more combative so it's really hard <laughs> to speak because Aiden still despite the tracheotomy still has a lot in his system I think uh, uh, in
0: preparation for their upcoming world tour the worship outfit has released a new version of their song every little thing with Andy Minio. here's the clip
3: I know you don't need no one to advise you. You probably do a better job running the world than I do. I just thought I'd remind to you. I've been me. trying to find you. It feels like Satan working overtime, times two. They say if it doesn't kill you, that refines you. But I'm trying to live, and that's bigger than survival. It's been a long night. It's been a long fight. So just remind me now
1: everything will be all right. Now, what you'll notice is how clean Andy's voice sounds compared to the chain that, smoker yeah. background yeah. scene. That's because <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. Andy's a big vape guy. So he's. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. So, <laughs> oh my. so, so it's, it's inner detention, entertainment, and worship. Unfair. Yeah. Filtered Marlboro <laughs> Reds with jewel vaping. It's a, it's a, t- it's a wild world. T- that it's all you know that they've oh mashed gosh. up there. So.
4: And they trade off whenever Andy's rapping. The, the young and free kids are back there just smoking like chimneys. J- just like that. <laughs> and then they start singing again. And then Andy takes out the vape pen, and that way there's <gasps> never a most. There's never nobody smoking. And allow me a, to say uh, on, on stage at a young and free concert. Andy,
1: thank you for all the great interviews over the years. It's been nice <laughs> knowing you as well. <laughs>
0: Sorry, as
4: we well. will miss our, our our interviews with you. We're have. A pretty long
0: in memoriam segment at the end of the show today. <laughs> Coming in at number two this week on the hot list, uh, Aladdin star Naomi Scott opened up this week about her faith and her activism. The actress and singer plays Princess Jasmine in Disney's hit, uh, new live action adaptation. She's also a former wor- worship leader. And has been open about her faith. We've talked about that quite a bit. Um, Now she's working as a celebrity ambassador for the Christian charity Compassion UK. And in an interview with the organization, she explained the role that faith plays in her life. She said, Sometimes my husband and I get asked the question, how do you juggle your faith and what you do? But for me, I don't know how I would do life without my faith. That piece that you know, uh, you're loved and valued is something that keeps me incredibly grounded and focused. Quite honestly, I don't see it as the separate thing, this add-on thing. My faith is just a part of who I am and what I do. Uh, she continued, life is incredibly exciting at the moment. There's a lot going on. We think just, wow, God's grace. But no matter what happens, no matter what somebody says about me on Twitter, whatever the future holds, to know that that doesn't define me is incredible. To know that doesn't inform my identity in any way, shape, or form, although it's easier said than done sometimes. Uh, that's going to be the thing that keeps me going, keeping the main thing, the main thing throughout. Uh, She also explained why she enjoys working with Compassion UK and their mission to connect with local churches while meeting the needs of communities in the developing world. I'm assuming Compassion UK is an offshoot of Compassion International here in the U.S. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me, she said, I love that in the context of a compassion project, which is always connected to a local church and always rooted in a community. Pregnant women get the education and the help they need to ensure a healthier life for their family. That has an incredible impact on future generations. Uh, Naomi is also one of the stars of the upcoming Charlie's Angels movies.
2: Have have y'all seen Aladdin? I
0: have not. I have not. Have you?
2: Yes. None of y'all have? I don't know who the the
1: target demographic for the film
0: is. Well,
2: I took my daughter. So there, she's 11. Maybe that's what it is.
1: I I do know some adults who are just children of the nineties who went without kids because they just wanted to like see it. What was your thoughts?
2: I liked it. I mean, again, I remember the original and loved it. And the, I thought Naomi did phenomenal. There was one person that I was like, "Ha, huh, that was not the best performance can, I've ever can seen." I guess
4: oh, really? I have. I have yeah, a guess. I want to see if me and Jesse have the same guess.
1: Is it Will Smith?
2: Yes, I knew. Oh it's know. weird. It's I've heard too people,
4: weird. I've heard people liking Will. I haven't seen it, so it, I can't. It's see. weird. i just heard a lot of positive
1: the, reviews
4: of Will's performance. Genie.
2: Yeah, I I thought I did not like him. I mean, Robin Williams was the original Genie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: Correct. that's
2: a little hard to follow up. Yeah. yeah but. Naomi was great.
4: Yeah. All right. All right. I, 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 my, well, we apologize. Film, we've had, we've enjoyed our long relationship with Will Smith. <laughs> it's unfortunate that we won't be able to continue those anymore. Jamie, I have
1: something to tell you. Will Smith was <laughs> the next cover of relevant. <laughs> so I just, for, hey,
2: listen, he, I'm not saying anything bad about him. I hate saying bad things about people. Jesse, I'm trying to be more like you, where I can just be openly free with my opinions and it not matter.
4: Yeah. What, yeah. What's been well, said has been said. And I yeah, don't think
1: well, we, it wasn't my favorite. Now we have to go with our backup Stephen Baldwin again for his sixth cover.
0: All right. Coming in at number one this week on the hot list, Golden State Warriors coach Steve Kerr spoke out about the need for gun reform. Just days after a gunman opened fire on people at a municipal building in Virginia Beach, killing 12, uh, Kerr wore a Vote for Our Lives shirt to the NBA Finals. Vote for Our Lives is linked to the efforts of March for Our Lives, encouraging... Americans to, quote, fight for sensible gun violence prevention policies that save lives. March for Our Lives was first formed after the school shooting in Parkland, Florida that took 17 lives uh, a year ago, right? Uh, Kerr explained to reporters why the efforts of the young March for Our Lives activists is so important. Here's a clip.
5: Uh,
4: the
0: shirt has uh,
4: everything to do with uh, the tragedy in uh, Virginia Beach um, a couple of days ago, yesterday, two days ago. Um and uh, you know, how uh, devastated so many families are and so many people are. And uh, sure it's a reminder that the only way we can get out of uh, this mess is to actually vote and to vote for people who are going to be willing to uh, create some change in our gun laws in our country. So uh, the, uh, the young generation, the uh, March for Our Lives generation has really inspired me and So I I offer my support to them and to all young people and hope that we can create a change where uh, we don't all have to
2: walk around uh, scared we're going to
1: get shot. Good for him. Yeah, I really appreciate Steve Kerr and the NBA too. Like the NBA seems so much more open to players and coaches and people associated with it speaking out on social and political issues opposed to like – the NFL that tries to lock that down so. isn't that
4: weird. Explain to a, a, a sports idiot like you guys know that I my my knowledge of sports is pretty limited. Um, but what explain to me why the NFL has been so I just treated any political issue like kryptonite, uh, whereas the NBA has been very very
0: open to taking. Not not just political issues. The NBA has been open about mental health issues, social issues. Yeah. Really anything.
4: Players and coaches
0: can say what they want. Honestly, I think there's a few things. Uh, Jesse, I want to hear your thoughts. Mine is uh, the NFL. I mean, there's like 150 players on a team. It's more about the team, the organization, the money, the sponsors than it is any individual people. You don't know them as players as much. NBA is five guys. I mean, it's like you get to know them as individuals and they have a platform, sure, social media sure. and stuff. That makes and sense. The NBA is like, okay, we can either try and stifle this or we can just embrace it. And I think that, you know, there's just a different dynamic there, but the, I think that the NFL is just old money, old white men, power structures, political structures and stuff like that. And they're threatened by anything that would disrupt, you know, the, the kind of the, the old, the good old way boys it, club the good, of yeah. the owners and coaches Yeah, where yeah. the NBA is kind of upstart young, fresh dynamic next generation, you know? And I mean, think about kids now, you know, middle school teenagers. I mean, they're into the NBA. They're not into the NFL as
1: much. I mean, it's yeah, just like,
0: yeah. it's a generational shift and it's like, I think that's what you're seeing represented in how the leagues, you know, embrace these issues. But what do you think, Jesse?
1: Yeah, I, I think the demographics of the fan base is plays a large part, you know, like the NBA not only, you know, is a sport that younger audiences are gravitating towards more and more and younger audiences generally seem to be more open to, you know, so, to, to discussing political issues without, you know, they don't have this like aversion to it. But the NBA is also an international sport now, you know, like people watch the NBA all over the world. And that leads to like, I think, a diversity of thinking in the fan base. Like there's a lot of uh, it's incredibly sure, not yeah. only um, diverse, you know, when it comes to race and age and, and and gender, but also with political and social ideas because of the international element. The other thing, too, is like the NFL years ago made a very calculated decision to, you know, make uh patriotism particularly like alignment with the military a big part of their brand sure, uh, sure you know yeah, they have yeah. if you go to an nfl game fighter jets a lot of times will fly over the stadium during the national anthem you know they have soldiers on the field all that's very admirable uh, you know in a lot of ways but i think what it does is because of that a, it
4: comes with an obvious uh it, it, sort yeah, of affiliation where anything
1: Yeah, yeah. Where anything that's threatens to disrupt like this idea of kind of like patriotic unity, like a diverse opinion about something like gun ownership, I think goes a little off brand from the brand that they've created. Jamie, are you a a football or basketball fan much?
2: Yes, but I don't do much with professional. Like I like college football and college basketball more. She's a big Um, Arkansas
0: Razorbacks fan. Razorbacks that's why I'm they, not a
2: Razorback fan I'm a, t- I'm a Longhorn fan
0: they, no, She vacations only <laughs> to college football stadiums she, the, the family vacation is just going around to different college football just, stadiums throughout the country the, I'm gonna yeah, take my kids cathedrals. on a tour later yeah. um,
2: no but I see the same thing too and I often my question to you Cameron and Jesse was with do you think it feels like this has come out like this has been a bigger talking point in the last maybe five six years and do you think the NBA watched the NFL just kind of royally screw things up and went okay we're not going to do it that way either or was this a something that was in place with them and they had those kind of freedoms more already
0: i think i am i i I don't know the inner workings but the perception you get from uh the two commissioners that we've known in the last five years is just that they i don't think it was like a i didn't get the impression that it was like a decided like we're gonna be different than the nfl we're gonna be like the the renegade league it wasn't like that it was just like case by case do we allow our players to have an opinion about these issues? Do we want to raise awareness about, you know, do we want to leave a positive mark on society? So they launched things like NBA cares and like they really make social service and and giving back and volunteerism a major part of the NBA experience for players and stuff. And I think they just decided at some point to breed, you know, into the league or just that this is part of our value system. And so then the natural outgrowth is we care about making society better. We care about our communities. And so then when a tragedy happens, we're going to respond with empathy versus, Oh, we can't touch that because it's political. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. just think it was just part of the values of the league. And it's just, it's a natural thing. I don't think it was ever like, Oh, we're going to be different than NFL. I never got that impression. You know? Yeah.
1: I, I do think the nature of like the sports themselves, like, you know, players in the, in the NFL, the average contract is only three years. And, you know, there is, you know, they're always sort of under this threat of, you know, they're not protected contracts like the NBA. You know, there's no... You're, you're actual, replaceable in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> like, in the NFL, if you... We get, don't need you Colin Kaepernick. It, we can it, sign Like, another. if you get cut no. in the NFL, they don't pay out the rest of your contract. Where if you get cut in the NBA, they're on the hook to pay you. So I think these, especially some of the older veteran NBA players, uh, you know, like when you... Or some of the ones that are very secure, like when you saw members of the Miami Heat during the LeBron era, you know, wear hoodies following the shooting of Trayvon Martin as, you know, a sign of solidarity. They're doing that because they're, I feel like, probably more just secure in their uh, employment situation than a lot of NFL players who, I mean, we've seen Colin Kaepernick went to, a, went to a Super Bowl, was one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. And then when he started make, doing, making a political stand, you know, he can't get a job anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And
0: he's sitting now courtside at the NBA finals and the NBA players have embraced him, you know, and wear like stand with cap t-shirts and stuff like that, you know, it's like super interesting. I do
1: want to say real quick, I got a a lot of messages from listeners on Twitter following this shooting, which, uh, you know, I happen to live in Virginia beach and I really appreciate everyone who reached out and is praying for the community here. That meant a lot. So I did want to throw that in.
0: Yeah. How's, 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 I mean, like after the Pulse shooting here in Orlando, I mean, it changed the fabric of the city. I mean, now, I mean, there's a memorial and there's signs everywhere and there's, you know, like, I mean, it's just, it's on walls, it's everywhere. Like, yeah, you know, it just changed it. Do you feel that this was kind of like a freak thing that happened or do you feel like it's something that the city's rallying around? Because the Orlando one was like, the gay community was targeted. And so, yeah. you know, it was like a, more of a, a societal statement that was being made, then I don't know. I mean, what's going on there in Virginia Beach?
1: Yeah, it's, it's you know, well, I'll say this too. Like the, this area is, uh, you know, a, there's a very heavy military presence. And, you know, there, I feel like there's a lot of people here who... Are used to dealing with tragedies, you know, uh, first and second hand, because they're, you know, th- there's a lot of special operations out of here. So when you hear sometimes of these like Navy SEALs that are killed, a lot of them are stationed here in Virginia Beach. So there's this community, I feel like, is really. Um, you know, accustomed to rallying around people dealing with tragedy. And we've seen that a lot following the shooting last week. Um, you know, I went to a, a, like the AAA a baseball game uh, in Norfolk the night after the shooting. And there was a long moment of silence that was really emotional. And people across the stadium were weeping. And then that Sunday morning, We actually, our our church once a year does uh, a church at the beach, which is just an outdoor beach service. Um, And it just happened to be the Sunday after the shooting. And they considered canceling it because typically there's sort of a celebratory, um, you know, atmosphere. But um, what happened was, you know, they really transitioned the service to be, uh, you know, a really time to grieve. And tourists who or, or people who just happened to be on the beach started joining the service as, um, you know, we were singing kind of hymns and, and some more solemn songs. There was a time where, you know, the pastor read the name of the victims and we had a long moment of silence. And what you really saw is people that weren't affiliated with the church that just happened to the beach kind of, you know, I told I, was, Huck, I think I was telling you, it was really mm-hmm. almost surreal because the beach was crowded, it was a beautiful Sunday morning, and when they did the moment of silence for the victims, you could not hear anything but you know the waves. And, and wow. even though there's thousands of people on the beach, wow, so wow. it's really been yeah something where people are kind of rallying. You know, you see VB strong on all the sign, you know, all the city signs, and um. So yeah, it's been it's been a heavy thing, but I feel like this community is fortunately as well equipped as you can to to respond to a tragedy they've read you know right now the city through like a campaign in the local paper like our church decided to give the entirety of sunday's tithes to a fund that the city set up that i think is approaching two million dollars for the victims families right now that's great but yeah all right that'll do it for oh gosh that was not appropriate (laughs) no, not, thanks, <laughs> he went with the most tasteful option that yeah
0: that, case
4: is case that is oh, true that is true of yeah. the options there's other there would be worse ones
0: <laughs> alright stay tuned up next <laughs> yeah. we we'll get into the beef with Hillsong Young and Free sometimes I just need a little help why do I try to take the world on by myself I'm asking you please a little help tell me you'll be there when I need somebody else I need help Too fits in the tantrum. As long as I need help. Well, today's show is also brought to you by Blinkist. Being able to practice mindfulness every day is something we all want to achieve. Sometimes it can be really hard when we are overwhelmed with work and other aspects of life, and we're just busy. Well, there's an app that I highly recommend, which might help you to be mindful every day. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes or so so you can read them or listen to them. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of the books quickly without reading the entire book. With an audio feature, Blinkist makes it so easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now. And it has a massive and growing library from self-help to business, health, to history books. I saw somebody on Twitter this week ask me, why, why, how is it being mindful if you're just getting the highlights of a book? But in my mind, like thoughtfulness, learning I went in, you know, you're expanding your knowledge, you're exploring questions that you have, that's being mindful. And so to explore these, you know, these signature books, these important books, especially like historical ones, or like you learn how to do something or things that make you better, that's being mindful. Um, and you can cover a lot of topics. If you're a little ADHD, you can get through a lot of books in not a lot amount of time. Uh, some of the most popular books right now on in uh, Blinkist Library uh, in the mindfulness and happiness category include The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, uh, and Start With Why by Simon Sinek. There's a lot more. Go check them out. Well, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. Well, Hillsong Young & Free just released a new collaboration with rapper Andy Mineo and just kicked off a massive new global tour. We recently spoke with singer and songwriter Aiden King about Every Little Thing which is, in quotes, it's the name of a song,
1: not... We didn't speak to him about <laughs> no, every little literally
0: thing. Literally, a thing. yeah.
1: This interview a very... was 12 and a half hours long, <laughs> and I covered every
0: little every thing. <laughs> every little thing. Uh, we also talked about there the went. band's unique approach to writing worship music and the tension between entertainment and music meant for the church. And Jesse, you uh, talked to
1: him, right? Yeah, I talked to Aiden, and I did. You know, I actually do want to start at that point. We're talking about how... You know if they see a tension between creating these you know very kind of entertainmenty Shows that have lights and they have, you know, it's a party kind of atmosphere, but they're also trying to do something worshipful. And I wanted to ask them because I hear a lot of people in, you know, worship ministry really wrestle with that tension. Am I, am I creating an atmosphere to entertain people or one that points them, you know, to this kind of higher uh, uh, experience that doesn't involve, you know, kind of just being entertained. And here's what Aiden said about that tension
3: our whole crew that's on tour with us, like our production guys, our lighting guys, media guys, everybody, all of us are all in church together and we're all like – we've kind of all done this together from the beginning. And, you know, I don't – I definitely don't see their part as the more, you know, uh, what it would be, maybe like commercial side of what we do. I definitely – they would definitely be – they're only doing what they do to make the nights like a show quote unquote um, because they believe that it's like their act of worship. And so, um, and you know, it's funny. It's like, we've definitely had like, cause this tour, we only just kind of started rolling out this tour. So we're still in the stages of like, you know, every night we're like, you know, all right, what can we do better? What can we do better? And it's, it's always, it's most more often than not, it's the production guys, the lighting guys going, ah, I feel like, you know, when we were doing this lighting thing or when we blacked out at this point, it was a distraction to the moment. And so I think everyone's always thinking, I think they go hand in hand with me. I mean, the fact that people are paying and they're paying, you know, money to come and see us is obviously an incredible honor, but at the same time, it's a responsibility on on us to make sure that um, the nights are professional. They're not like, (laughs) you know, um, we're not going too far off script and, and, and that there are elements that you're going to get at a young free night, a tour night, that you're not just going to get on a normal Sunday, um, and, and that is important. But I think if everybody who, who is a part of our team and um, sees their part as um, important to God and important to those that are coming, I, I think um, those, those things can complement each other.
1: <clears throat> I think that's really interesting what he said, and Cameron. I know you've been to numerous Hillsong events over the years. You know, whether what are you saying?
0: You're saying that like it's a problem.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk to you about in this <laughs> next clip. Aiden has asked you not to return. No,
5: <laughs> he, he unprompted. I didn't even ask him. He just said, "Can I say something about Cameron?"
1: And this next clip is about 12 and a half minutes and get on the bleep button, Chandler. Every, every little
4: thing. Yeah. He
1: said, he said, I got some things to get off my chest. No, but camera, I think, you know, that Hillsong as just like a ministry and institution. It takes this really seriously. Like when Aiden was talking about like even the lighting guys, how can we bring something to the table that's going to enhance this experience and not distract from the intention of it? You know, you've been to Hillsong shows where it's like, I feel like that stuff's very noticeable when you're there. It really does like create this powerful atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I honestly
0: like the... You can look at the optics and go, Oh, that's not, you know, the intention is not on Jesus. It's you know, on the rock concert or whatever. And, and the cynic could, can find fault in anything, right? When I go and my honest experience, cause I am super high, you know, like, come on, turn down the fog machines at church. Come yeah. on. This isn't, you're, the focus is on the wrong thing. The thing that I notice when I go to Hillsong concerts um, is a couple of things. One, the creative experience that you have is is unlike any other worship experience it really does almost like back in the medieval times the what the cathedral did Mm -hmm. it it brought this grandeur of we are worshiping a big god it makes us feel smaller it is in my experience enhances the worship experience number two it is quite often and primarily that the band is backlit they don't put the spotlight mm-hmm. on themselves they really are trying to lead you into a worship experience where your focus is on the lord that, that's been my experience i've yeah. been uh, i've been to, I've been to concert, worship concerts where it really is like hey let's just sit there and watch the worship band perform um i my my experience at hillsong events is that they are trying to use the creative environment to Put your focus on Jesus. Yeah. Honestly. And that's what I so. love
1: that he said, like, listen, it's our lighting guide to the creative team. This is their act of worship. We might be musicians, right. but they worship yeah. like this. Uh, the other thing, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, this, this, some of their stuff on their new album three is kind of personal, you know, it deals, there are some things that are doing the, talking about anxiety and, and mental health issues, but uh, weaving it into worship. And I feel like that was sort of an interesting tension too, of like writing a song that's very personal, but also is relatable enough if it's sung in a worship setting. So I asked Gain about that, you know, how he balances how personal or, or specific a worship song, you know, should be in his mind?
3: I mean, someone said this to me once. I don't remember who, don't remember who it was, but I remember I was writing a song and um, I was quite, I think, I can't remember what it was about, but it was it was specific to a problem that I had gone through, some sort of trust thing. And somebody's like, oh, like, you know, if you do that, you're going to actually make people think, like, it's okay to feel that way. And it, um, I think it's really important to, for, for like the songs that I write, to always point back to jesus and to not focus too much on the problem but rather the solution
1: yeah that that's a, that's an interesting idea uh you know again who are we pointing to my own issues or are we pointing to something bigger and i feel like that there's a good balance of that on the song that they just you know released a new collaboration with andy on every little thing uh because it talks about worry and vulnerability but also um, you know, what ultimately the solution is. And here's what Aiden said about that song specifically.
3: Yeah, so I wrote the song with like three three other guys um, who were part of Young and Free. And we were just, I think we we're talking a lot around um, the Romans 8, I think it's 28 scripture, which is, um, you know, as we know that for all those who love um, God, all things work together for good. Um, for those who are called according to his purpose. And I think a lot of us, um, this album 3 was, you know, it's definitely an album about, um, for us, like growing up and coming of age. And I think it's, sometimes it's quite a cliche thing, um, to talk about in a record, you know, you hear that from bands all the time. It's like, Oh, we went through a hard season and we're growing up and this is our album. But for us, you know, obviously it was real to us. I think we've been traveling Mm -hmm. for seven years and a lot of us have gone through a lot of highs and lows. And, um, you know, we're not, we're definitely not, you know, we're not seasoned like many other bands, but, I think for us, this record was definitely one that we wanted to talk about, um, you know, maybe the light at the end of the tunnel or the coming out of things that were hard. And, um, that song, I think we, it started to be honest, it started like a ballad because, you know, naturally the lyrics lend themselves to be something that in that kind of direction. But I felt like, you know, the message of the song is definitely, definitely more a celebration of, um, you know, the fact that everything is going to be okay, everything's going to be all right um, if we just put our trust in God. And so the song, you know, ended up in this, you know, kind of more of a, I guess, an up song or just like a celebration song. And I think even doing it on tour, um, you know, around Europe especially, it's 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 been obvious that for many people that this song has been that. It's been a song um, of, I don't know, like you look out into the crowd and you can, everyone, you know, I think especially the chorus, like you can tell it's real for people, you know, and um, that's been really, really cool because I never, when we started the song, I didn't didn't see it the way that I'm seeing it now, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And and that's, there's a real intentionality with, you know, not just of like, hey, I want to write an emotionally honest song here, but one that is this going to ultimately contribute to an experience with God that's positive. And that's something that, you know, I think it's clear that they, uh, you know, wrestle with and try to come out on the right side of, and ultimately that's their vision for what they want, like a young and free experience to be like, um, here's how here, you know, when they've kind of talked about it internally, here's what Aiden said, you know, their vision for that experience is.
3: But I definitely more than ever, I'm so passionate about praise. Um, I'm so passionate about like like celebration and joy. And it's not because I feel like um, it's what we do and what we do well, I think, but I think it's because I actually think um, people need to know that like worshipping Jesus um, and be reminded that it's actually fun and um, it's okay to jump in church and smile and have fun. And I think if we can continually write, song, continue, continue to write songs that are encouraging people to um I guess like bask in the joy of God's presence, not just these somber moments of reflection. I think we're doing a good thing.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really interesting thoughts from someone who's kind of thought through what they do at at a really high level. And so, anyway, the new, the latest album is called Three and they are on tour right now. If you can check them out. That was
0: Aiden King. Make sure to check out their new album. It's out now.
1: All right. Stay tuned up next. Let's ask the
0: you are listening go to, to Coffee Long song is Toast Toast Coffee kind of yeah. Yeah. Breakfast theme yeah. Alright, it is time for Our occasional segment Where you Ask the cast anything you want. Now, uh, Chandler, we don't have a jingle. Can you do one on the fly right now?
1: Um. Ask the cast. Yeah, I will do the, here it, here. I will here. do betting vocals for you. It, you have a didgeridoo <laughs> to sing over. <laughs> Ready, Ready, set. One, two, three, go. You Ask cast. Cast. Ask come on,
5: Chandler. You, you did it.
0: You, <laughs> you,
1: you, right. you got to yell <laughs> some up other way. Like, Ask the cat, You know That was really Ask the cats mate.
0: That right there was less awkward than. Mike Huckabee <laughs> and Brian Head Welch. <laughs> 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 Jamie, <laughs> Jamie
1: I, w- when I was looking at these selections for yeah. what people sent us, I was thinking, Jamie does really not know what she got herself into this morning. Well,
2: before we started recording, I got on Twitter just because I was like, I need to know before they asked me some things. And <laughs> I saw some of the questions and I'm just nervous.
1: I think you should be. I think I, you're, I, your, your nervousness is valid. We've already maligned two Christian industry superstars in this podcast. And now we are going to ask ridiculous, ridiculous things to a very well-respected author and speaker. Jamie, I am sorry if this damages future relationships for you.
0: You guys uh, hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast. And here's a few of the questions. Uh, Mallory asks the cast, you have to choose one fictional character to insert into real life present day 2019. Who do you pick? Oh, and you have to hang out with them every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> so I don't just get to put somebody somewhere on the globe. This is like my new, my new best friend.
2: This is your new bestie.
0: Jamie is going to pick the Will Smith rendition of the genie. Mm-hmm. Clearly.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Jamie, why don't you hey, start
1: us off here?
2: No, I can't start. I can't start. I need a few seconds.
1: <laughs> okay. Tyler, I feel like... I feel like I'm Tyler's thinking, the one on this podcast who is the most uh, passionate about fictional characters. With your <laughs> love for all th- comic books, I do. Would yeah, you but I don't know one uh, with I a superpower.
4: A, I don't know because a then you are just the sidekick. You know, you are never the you are never yeah. the you are you are going to be spending your life under somebody else's
1: shadow. I don't want that. I need somebody a little more low key. Yeah, yeah. This is this is tough. Like okay, Jesse. You, yeah.
2: Who's yours?
1: That is that's difficult but it, they have to be a fictional <sighs> See I have so many real life ones that I would, you know, want yeah. to just be my best friend for the, for the rest of my life. But we're talking fictional here. I would You know what? I'm probably going to go uh hear me out here. Uh, because this will make me the richest person on the planet. Airbud, oh. the dog, yeah, you sure. can do yeah. any sport. Lots of because all of a yeah, sudden, yeah. well, what is one? It's not weird if I have to tell my family, "Hey, by the way, there's a dog that's going to live with us right. for the rest of our life." If I have to bring in, like, hey, it'd be funny to get like a pirate from, uh, you know, some old kids movie. That's going to be weird explaining why a pirate moved in upstairs and we're hanging out all the time. <laughs> if I get a dog, that's yeah. not weird. And yeah, two, weird. that's good. The dog happens to be fantastic at sports like i would drive him (laughs) Jamie. i would drive him to okay
2: okay and i
1: and i would bring him out there and i would embarrass those razorbacks with my (laughs) dog who's better at football than them
0: so you would you you would become like the halftime show at nba games exactly you and Air air bud all right
2: yeah
0: i think i think i've decided
4: on mine i think i would go with wilson from home improvement
2: uh, <laughs> because
4: because for two reasons one he would be around to dispense friendly life advice which i could always yes. use you, you know the wisdom some like, wisdom yeah. nearby also i have to hang out with him every day but he would always be a little bit off to the side and concealed so it wouldn't be like a <laughs> he wouldn't it wouldn't be like having a new like leech on my shoulder who i can't also, like i can ignore him because I can yeah. only see the top half of his face also i'm yeah. noticing
0: both of you have you know the the, the her parameters where you have to hang out with this person every day for the rest of your life you've both had that by selecting somebody who would only mm-hmm. be around for about another twelve to fourteen years.
1: Mine's good. dog year, so that's yeah. like yeah. I mean, Bud yeah. is got to be pretty old. Jamie, you've had a little time. I can I've see the wheels turning. Who is your fictional <laughs> bestie?
2: Okay, well, because we were talking about uh, what's the movie we were talking about? Ariel. Yeah. No, not Ariel. We we're talking Aladdin. about
1: Jasmine. Aladdin.
2: Aladdin, Jasmine. Yeah, so yeah. not Jasmine, but it got me thinking about Walt Disney movies from, you know, the nineties and yeah. spoiler alert, I picked Ariel and here's why. I love the beach. <laughs> like I'm a beach girl. And if you've never seen little mermaid, she lives underwater. So I don't know, I can hang out much underwater, but when she comes up for air, cause she hangs out on the beach sometimes too, we can yeah. hang out. And Ariel was like, stick it to the man. Like she just went mm-hmm. like, she didn't follow the rules. She did whatever she wanted. And I kind of like that kind of, friend and so i pick ariel
1: and and when you like are like ariel listen i've kind of had enough of you right now like no you know i'm not throwing shade but you're really annoying the heck out of me with all these songs you're bursting into (laughs) you can just be like i'm just gonna drive away from the ocean because she can't follow you (laughs) she
2: can't come with me but i think she'd be a fun friend a fun hang on the beach
4: is she amphibious though because she can she we see her singing both in and out of water right yeah
2: she, um, she came out of water after the spell, you know, and then she had mm-hmm. the legs yeah. to marry the yeah. guy, but, but then she, she went talk. back to the water. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Would,
1: I would say this in my version, obviously I'm also a witch that can cast spells. For
0: some <laughs> okay. Cameron, <laughs> who you. would your <laughs>
1: fictional character
0: be? I have no idea. Um, you don't know? No. Uh, Jess asks. So, moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving <laughs> on. One of the three stooges. stooges. <laughs> just make it easy. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> who cares? They're always
1: dropping hammers on each other. Master Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: Yeah, probably like, you know, Sheriff Andy Griffith or something like that. Just a good, nice fella. Yeah, that would be, nice. be mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. a good one. Um, all right. Jess asks, what career would you be doing if you weren't able to do this one? Now, I don't know if why you wouldn't be able to do this one. I don't know if like, you, you know, lose your lost, fingers or something. But lost my hands in a Yeah, expert. Yeah. So what career <laughs> would you be doing if you weren't able to do this one?
1: uh obviously a celebrity dog trainer Uh, i think think i've made that abundantly clear on this podcast and the only reason and i'm not going to say that wasn't my first choice but for reasons i legally cannot can no longer get into i cannot be around animals so uh, the dream dream vanished in my hands
0: Uh, Uh, wait like you were holding a puppy in your hands and it died for reasons
1: I legally cannot get into, we can't talk about this anymore.
5: Uh, my no, best not- friend
1: that I brought back is a lawyer, and he's looking at me right now, <laughs> telling me to zip it because of a settlement. Jamie, who do you <laughs> pick? <laughs> what would you pick?
2: Okay, well, all the sports talk today. If I really had my dream job, it would be a a sports reporter like Aaron Andrews. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. Oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. I would love that. In fact fun little tidbit about me is when I was in high school, I tried out for the mascot my senior year just so I could be on the field to watch the games. So I love watching sports. And what if I could be a sports reporter? That'd be so fun.
1: Would you choose like college football, like college game day?
2: Yes, that would be so fun.
4: I think no. you'd be good at that because you're all, you'd be really good at the. I always feel bad for the girl who has to go down and talk to the coach who's losing at halftime because like, he's he, he doesn't want to talk to you. He's got he's got to go give the fire. But Jamie, like, you're the, so nice. That but you I, could. I think you could handle yeah. it. Yeah. Well,
2: they just ask the same question. What'd you tell your team at halftime? You know, oh, yeah. like uh-huh. yeah. the, You know, it, no, I'm not saying they don't work hard. Oh my gosh, I'm just saying in those hard moments, you just kind of <laughs> go with the softball, like all right, what do you see the change in your defense you need to make during halftime? There you go. Well, yeah, yeah. While Nick cool.
1: Saban with his arms crossed <laughs> yeah. and his polo and khakis just stares blankly at you. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks, Jamie. And then he just runs yeah. and sprints into the locker room. Yeah. I
0: would be in sports too, but I'd be on the other side. I would be part of a franchise of some sort. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would
1: want to be in the front office or something like that. Yeah. I mean, my, would, my obvious my answers. Dreams. I mean... Obviously pro athlete, but you know, I chose to do this and I think it's, you know? I think the parameters of the question are you with your current skill set. I should, I should, uh, uh a two sport pro athlete. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank you for clarifying that, that. really, I needed to get that out there.
4: Uh, I think I would do the, uh, you know, we were talking about, uh, the last time on the podcast about Rambo Last Blood. I like how in all these movies that are coming back, how the, the young protagonist is now kind of a grizzled old and he's always working like out on a farm somewhere. He's like a, a horse carpenter or, uh, or some doing yeah. some sort of like very manly activity. I think that would be my like... You can kind of hear the Johnny Cash in the background. I don't know what it is. I mostly just see the aesthetic, the shed, the like... Leather the, like, gloves. Like, yeah, yeah. I erect barbed wire fences
1: in the prairies. That's my <laughs> job. <laughs> don't, don't talk. Yeah. Don't ask me any questions. I don't need
4: to, I don't know who you are, kid. They try to get you back in for one last ride. Nah, I'm too old for that. That was a long time ago. You yeah. Talk about it.
0: Taylor asks, given the chance with time travel, what's a moment in your life that you would go back and do oh, over? Man. And what would you moment do differently? Life.
2: Oh, in our own lives? Yeah,
0: a moment in your life.
2: Oh, gosh. Man. Hey, Come the past on. is the past, Taylor.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. So it sounds like
2: Taylor's got this some bitches here.
1: I've just been uh, served by my lawyer here uh, for violating a gag order on an incident (laughs) with an animal at a basketball game. So I'm going to say the moment I would go back to is about five minutes ago when I brought that whole debacle up and that big legal can of worms that's really come back to bite me. Thanks, Tim. Oh, gosh. So, Jamie, you you don't even believe in the premise of this question.
0: I I mean, the obvious thing for me would be like, uh, you know, like a, a dating relationship that you know, was like, I wish I could just not done that or something. You know what I mean? Yeah.
5: yeah, But like, I'm wondering about like, I'm trying to go bigger. Like, is
0: there a big life decision that you'd want to like redo, you know?
2: I would, I mean, I can say this. I went to a super small Christian university right out of high school, which was great. Fine. All that. But I sometimes wish I would have had the big college football, all that type of experience. So Uh, maybe that's an answer I could use. Remind
1: us where you went to school, Jamie.
2: Which time I went to I went to a couple. Of different. I started what? at Dallas Baptist.
1: Did you? What happened there? Why did you? <laughs> That's we that too long a time.
2: Banned, Jesse? Are you
1: banned from campus?
2: No, from I'm not you know
4: banned. But. Is, is your lawyer also there in the room telling you that?
2: Stop! Okay, so Dallas <laughs> ba-
1: Where? 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 After that.
2: And then I went to the University of Houston for a semester, and then I finished at Houston Baptist.
1: Okay, HBU. HBU. So you would go, go
2: back Huskies. in time
1: and erase all of that
2: and why go would to,
1: hold
0: on, hold on. Why would what? a Houston based university have a husky as a mascot? Those things would die in the Houston. Yeah, they heat. would die. True. That's True. a terrible mascot for a yeah, Houston school. Yeah. I d I don't like I don't like well, We got the Cougars at U of H.
2: Masks. Yeah, but the
0: Cougar has a thin coat of fur in the heat. A husky's sure. a Husky's that thing's gonna yeah. die within six I, minutes. At least you're not it the Nashville the Nashville hockey at team, at which is currently
4: Natural oxygen is currently called the Predator's. That's a name that has an aged.
1: the climate. <laughs> <laughs> the mascot, they actually just hired Chris Hansen from Dateline. Nobody, nobody was trying, to, trying, to, <laughs> trying, to, trying to redeem it to catching predators. Now. I don't think anybody foresaw. We're for trying to make them. Nobody foresaw
4: our present era when we decided to call the team. Everybody walking around with a, with a teacher that says Predator
0: on it.
1: Uh, Let's uh, 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 go with something that can be offensive to multiple audiences. To every possible group. The, the mass destruction.
0: Evan says that he just finished working at a church. And I kind of want more story on that. He just finished up his time working at church. And he's soon to start church hopping, he said. Not to be dramatic, but overeager church greeters make me want to throw myself down a set of stairs. (laughs) Any advice on how to avoid the greeter, but get into the church? Evan, First your of off,
1: what a weird form of self-punishment, throwing yourself down the <laughs> stairs. So is being greeted by another human really yeah. that bad? Yeah. Are we talking like a flight or two? No, but I've already thought about this for him because I was putting yeah. these questions in, like, well, this is easy. I know what I would do if I had some aversion to greeting people, which yeah. I don't uh, because I'm a normal human that uh, enjoys... <laughs> interactions um is i would wrap both my hands in giant bandages so they're yeah. like two big nets <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when they go to shake my hand i put <laughs> them on <laughs> and they just That's see great. these massive medical That's galls great. and i and i just look at the greeter and go I was burned, and then I just walked right into the service. No one's talking to that guy.
4: I went a different direction. I think that Evan should go to to any go to your local Walmart if you're in Fayetteville, or any other or any other like goods store. Uh, find yourself a, some sort of vest, a red vest, a blue vest doesn't matter. It needs to have a color on it. Then put that on over your normal clothes when you go to church. They're gonna think that you're they just have a, you're the new guy. You're the new greeter. They're not gonna greet you. They're just gonna like point. Oh, you're over. You're man. You're man in that door over there. There and you slip right in. You're easy, yeah, and you then the you lose the vest really quick before you have to it's start shaking hands before
2: yeah. they make put you to work. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What
0: what church do the greeters wear vests? Uh, well, well, he's going to be pretty fine. select.
1: <laughs> I can tell you, Berean Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska, sure did. They were they were <laughs> all about the vests. <laughs> J- Jamie, what is your strategy for not greeting? Uh, uh, someone who wants to talk to you at a church like this. Mine,
2: mine is so lame. you all are great. The hand thing is amazing. I'm just saying, like, show up really late and then they've already left the doors. Yeah. But then you miss uh, worship. Yeah. You yeah, miss the yeah, announcement. You just slide right in. Usually
0: it's a 15 minute window. Yeah. they'll, they'll be there it. for 15 minutes and then you're you're free. I I always in my church there's a they stand out about five to eight feet from the door and like in front of it. And I come in the side and go behind them. I like ah. I, I I duck behind oh, yeah. them. So cuz they're looking ahead, they're looking at the people coming up the path. And I slip behind them and I'm right in. I don't have to yeah, say hi to anybody. Yeah,
1: that, because what I do is really disruptive to the church services. I walk through the front doors <laughs> and when someone says hello, I yeah. say hello, good morning, and I walk through. It is just a nightmare. I mean, I've almost <laughs> it's so, the I've, worst. I've almost left the church over this. I mean, I've I've you know really you know been going through a trial of my faith because it, it requires me to to nod my head and say good morning. <laughs>
4: most churches don't. Most churches have a uh, like. Multiple exits. That's why I don't think a church would be a good zombie apocalypse uh, bunker situation because there's so many ways to get into most churches. There's not enough greeters to man every single door. You can go into the children's church situation usually. He's gonna be visiting.
0: Yeah, he's gonna be visiting. He only knows the main entrance. You know, you gotta you gotta stake that out ahead of time, man. (laughs) man.
4: Get (laughs) down there. Think about
1: all the work you're putting into this. You you have to literally stake out the church on a Sunday that you're not in attendance. You've you got like to, a drawing
2: at your house of all of the entrances that
5: you're trying yeah, to figure
1: out you got like one a home go alone, like a big like well, poster board. Listen, yeah. you I, have like if s- if strings if, and yarn like and yeah, pushpins. exactly. If yeah, you know, like the their like each it's like you're going on a bank heist when you know the security guards are like switching out <laughs> right. their shifts, so you know the perfect moment to cut the security cameras. Listen, if you're a version to greeting another human with a half second interaction requires you to construct a war room strategy place (laughs) in your own home i would maybe just get over your uh you know your fear of saying hello to someone but teach us all All right
0: last question
1: hard-hitting one marcus says just left marcus
0: asks, and i'm gonna read this (laughs) verbatim marcus asks us what is best sandwich
4: <laughs>
1: what is best? Sandwich? What is
4: best sandwich? This is a One for an important question. Can One. we can we answer in the same caveman <laughs> vernacular? Marcus, you know? <laughs> Ruben, meat, meat bread,
5: meat bread. <laughs> bread. <laughs>
1: I would, you know, mine, mine is best sandwich is a chicken sandwich. <laughs> easily My not even close if you've ever eaten a chicken sandwich it's chicken sandwich. what do you mean like a chick-fil-a yes yeah, like a chick-fil-a chicken sandwich it's just like a fried sandwich. chicken they, it's peaked that's they good. figured it out it's the best it's that is true. i mean There's you a take one bite and you're it. like it's not going to get any better than this that's you
0: know? true that's that's true and the way it comes in
1: that like tinfoil bag and it's just like warm and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's yeah, good it's yeah. good it's good yeah it's not I, like I, going to Arby's where it's like someone stepped on this before they handed. Me <laughs> they actually I actually preserved that. You know, I had never. I, I don't. I'm not adventurous in my
0: sandwich expl- exploration. Uh, I had never had a BLT until not too long ago, oh, and there's this restaurant directly under our office. Like 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 I could kick the floor and they heard it, and yeah. um, it's fancy and they have this like it's like you know farm to table type food and stuff. They have a BLT that I've discovered with some I don't know what they do to the bacon but it's like some sort of like maple type stuff on it and they put a um uh over medium fried egg on top. Oh. The BLT with this whatever they do to the bacon with the egg. Oh.
1: Bet I man I have it twice a week. It's so good. I'll say this: the tomato is not needed in that that equation. Just make it the BL. No one's eating a plate of eggs, bacon with a random tomato on there. Why put it on the sandwich? (laughs) No, I think it needs it. The moisture. I love tomatoes. Yeah,
0: I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, that is my (laughs) that is my is best sandwich.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
4: All right. I think I'm going to say right now, I go through a lot of, I got through go through phases in my sandwiching. That's that's um, not
1: answering the question.
4: No, but is I do, what but I is But sandwich, <laughs> <laughs> we're, talking right, we're talking right now. I, I do go, I am a big fan of Rubens. I like a Rubens sandwich. I kind of judge oh. a restaurant based on how good the Ruben, like, my theory is, if you can make a good Reuben, you can probably make a good just about anything else. So I'll yeah. try your Reuben, and then and then the rest of this. Like if it's good, then like oh, that's a good baseline measure of basic competence in the kitchen. Interesting. Yeah. I don't I, think I've I, ever
2: I, had a Reuben sandwich, so I don't even it's know it's what not that for is. It's, it's got
4: good. some. It's got some sauerkraut. It does yeah. have sauerkraut on it, which I know is not everybody's like dime. It's not. Yeah. This may not be for you, but but I'm I'm I'll right say no fair. i I had a good I one last was,
1: night. I will give I will give uh, a restaurant the check of my approval if they have a good Reuben too. But I'm talking about a human named Ruben working. <laughs> because it's, it's not a very common name anymore. And when I see one out there doing well, working at a good restaurant, I'm like, okay. seems happy. seems yeah, happy. seems happy. I just don't hear the name
0: much. Busy, but not stressed. Interestingly, Eric says, what is best Reuben <laughs> Ruben Stuttered. Ruben Stuttered, for sure. American Easy. Idol. Yeah. Easy. Next question. No, is not question. Yeah. Uh Actually, this this is interesting. Zach asks, "What's one album you wish you could remove from everyone's memory? From everyone's memory? Yeah. Like so I, I'm assuming swipe. he's also saying we're we're gonna make sure this never existed. Like we're taking it away. Not that it not that it still exists and just one wasn't popular, album. but it doesn't exist and everybody forgets they ever heard it. I'm gonna go recent. I'm going recency bias and say Old Town Road.
1: Oh, that's a um, whole that's a song. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, but it's an album. First off, first off, well, I guess how dare you? Uh second. <laughs> a off, a mean thing to how say. could you do this?
4: You you besmirked the good name of Lil Nas X on this podcast <laughs> on a Friday, on donut day of all in, days.
1: In memoriam. On Lil Nas Holy X <laughs> 2019 to 2019. Yeah. <laughs> mine would be mine would I, I don't know the rules of this, like, because you know, it seems like some sort of time travel or mind wiping is going on yeah. here. So I don't know like the butterfly effect of all of this. But I would say I would wipe the green album, the Weezer album from everybody's memory so that hopefully all of the other albums that came after it never happened so that we would just have Pinkerton and blue album. Cause it all went downhill at the green album. It all went downhill. So that's, that's my choice. Uh, how about this? Mariah Carey's Christmas album. We, it's, no, no. we got it. We no. got it.
0: That No,
2: that Come is played on. a lot at my house during Christmas time. And I think I would just like to erase it for a couple of time, a couple of months, a couple during of years, a
1: couple a couple Christmases. I think <laughs> just give me a see- break. Exactly. Thank you. Make I, it that's, my yeah. that's
2: my answer. My daughter loves
0: that. That's that's my answer. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of
1: that Kit Kat bar. That would be the Worst song beautiful. that I
0: would. Oh,
2: okay. Remove. I got my
1: baby back, baby back, <laughs> because every time <laughs> I hear it, it <laughs> I get hungry, and you know, I got a real I got go, go to go chase. I spent a fortune on baby back ribs. It's uh, not what yours. <laughs> All
4: right. <laughs> I think I think my answer, and that, I don't even I don't even hate this album. I don't love it, but I, I don't hate this album. But I hate the the net effect that it had. On okay. music and pop culture after oh, wow. it came out, and that's the Lumineers' first album. Remember that Lumineers album, oh, yeah. the like, the like, crunchy, like, hey yo, Bam Bam, and like, the, they're like on their guitars. It's not terrible, but I feel like it. That was what really tipped the scales of the folk revival. But they were just following Mumford.
0: They were just following Mumford.
4: Yeah, they yeah. were following Mumford, but I think Mum—I think they are when it, when it tipped from being like kind of interesting, kind of different to just being, well, this is just basically a pop Generic, song yeah. with acoustic guitars.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Stomping. Hey, Jamie, I, this this brings up a quick point, and I know we need to wrap this segment, but when I hear Lumineers or I hear any music that's like a banjo, like hipsters wearing overalls with beards, like kicking a kick drum while they're doing like, you know, sea chanting chants. It reminds me of Barn Weddings because those are the type mm-hmm. of bands that play at mm-hmm. Barn Weddings where you drink cocktails out of mason jars and there's like yes. Edison lights. What is your you live in Austin most of the time? And I feel like that's prob, that was probably that was probably the center point for all Barn Wedding related events for a while. What are your feelings about Barn Weddings?
2: I think barn weddings are awesome. (laughs) You get the whole theme. People can wear cowboy chic or whatever they want. You've got the mason jars. You've got the daisies. The woman wears a wedding dress. It's like maybe it's maybe she's riding off on a horse or maybe she's getting married. We don't know. And, you know, it's great.
1: So we're on the same page. All of that sounds awful. Like, (laughs) Like some sort of like weird Etsy centerpiece that's made out of like an old timey milk jug. It's like, okay, I got it. We're supposed to believe that we all live rustically when I know for a fact I stayed at a Best Western last night and then had to drive out to this farm. That you made me fly in for, you know, none, none of us live like this. That's that's my problem is it's a living a lie. That's my problem. Oh, living a lie. It's, one night. Not,
2: it's one night. But, I know, is, but I've
1: never been to a barn wedding with anyone who actually farms. No, it's, but they, they're, they're, they're appropriating have to, farm culture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, You're making actually a really strong point. And not that they have to farm, but they don't even live like the rural, like, you know, you know, analog lifestyle. Like, you're yeah, right. It, it's a complete it, it, appropriation. It's like, so in it's, your mind, a, it's a, it's a It should
4: have some connection to an, ag- an agrarian uh, lifestyle or through of- the great
1: depression when that was like the <laughs> nicest wedding that money could buy if we got out all the old mason jars and like yeah, l- listen we- we- the- my family didn't you know star in the grapes of wrath here okay they could afford a regular cup to drink out of we didn't have to drink
2: out of this old is-
0: jam jars Ooh, Wait, do you not have
2: mason jars at your house to drink out of
0: no, no, they have the 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 lip no. part isn't made they for made lips. For so, it's made oh. for we
1: oven, per, per, preserving fruits and
2: they poking holes in the top to and out. keeping
1: caterpillars in. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I I, I use that. It's I just good. like
2: them.
4: We just we just use them like a lot. about people, it. We have a lot of jam, so then we just wash oh, yeah. them out and drink out of them. Yeah. I, like I said, oh, yeah. catch, just my, it's just convenience. So I will put a
1: stick and a leaf in one and poke some holes on the top and keep the caterpillar for a couple of days. See how that shakes out. But I'm not drinking out of it. They for, they're for my animal experiments only.
0: <laughs> All right. That's it for...
1: Hurry up Chandler Got it, nailed it, nailed it Nailed it, one take
0: (laughs) Many thanks to Blinkist for making the show possible Remember you can go to Blinkist.com slash relevant to start your free 7 day trial Also thanks to Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring the show If you'd like to learn more about how you can be a part of this ministry helping each other with health care visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant Uh, Also thanks to Hillsong Young and Free for joining us Their album, Three, is out now, and they just kicked off their global tour. It is, uh, just know, all the arenas, smoke-free environments. Smoke-free environments. environments. All right. That'll do it. Uh, We'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jennifer Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jamie Ivey. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. It was a lot of fun. You're
2: welcome. Thanks, guys.
0: All right. We will see you all on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone.
1: I will put a stick and a leaf in one and poke some holes on the top and keep a caterpillar for a couple days. See how that shakes out.
2: Relevant Podcast Network.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.